hearing those words, he's not here, he is risen. I wonder what our expectation would have been and what the reality was. See, so often our expectations of who Jesus is doesn't actually match up to the reality of who he, who he is. Ours and the disciples, we still have those expectations that aren't quite fully realized. See, the disciples, they would have seen the miracles that Jesus had, had performed in the three years that he was journeying with them. They would have heard the stories. They would have uh, seen the crucifixion. They would have seen the darkness come at three o'clock in the afternoon. They would have known that death was final. See, because in their minds, people don't come back to life. Yes, Jesus brought Lazarus back to life, but see, he would die again. Death is the final word. It was assured. It was the, the expected thing that would have happened as Jesus was hung on the cross. He would have died. See, Romans don't do things by halves. They always go the whole way. The ruthless killers had a job to do, and that was to kill Jesus. We know he died as a spear was thrust into his side. What seemed like blood and water came flowing out. He was dead. And so their expectation was that Jesus was dead, never to leave the grave again. I wonder what our expectations are as well. See, for so many people around us and in Telford, there's this understanding of, okay, well, you know, if Jesus did exist, he was a great bloke. You know, he did all these amazing things and how nice. He did some amazing, miraculous things, but that doesn't make him God. Some would say, oh, well, Jesus is this, this prophet. He knew what was going to happen. He, he had this connection to God, but maybe he wasn't himself God. Others think he was a great moral teacher. You know, the Sermon on the Mount, the, the best philosophical teaching ever written down. Or maybe he was just killed for those ideological reasons. Those things of, oh, yes, he must die so that all things could be fulfilled. Or political reasons, you know, or oh, he was killed because he was proclaimed to be king instead of Caesar and the Romans executed him for that. Or religious reasons that he said he was God. And see, their expectation was that he would, he would be dead. He would never be raised again. C.S. Lewis gives us uh, three opportunities to, to look at it. One was that he was mad. He was insane. He was a lunatic. The other was that he was bad, that he purposefully led people astray. Or thirdly, that he is indeed God. See, if we, if we think that Jesus was insane, that he just doesn't do the things that he said he was going to do. He must have been mad, thinking himself to be God, the son of God, able to do the, all these extraordinary things. You wouldn't believe you were God unless you were crazy. 
Well, maybe he was bad. He purposefully led those disciples astray. The 12 and the entourage that was around, the 72, those who he fed, the 5,000 on the mountainside, the 4,000 on the plain, those who had been following his ministry, those in the Decapolis that saw him uh, send demons into, into the swine and off the cliff. Maybe he was bad. The disciples he had pre-planned to hide his body so that it looked like a resurrection had happened. Or maybe he is in fact God, that he died a death, a human death in our place, that he was raised to life again, that he appeared to Mary and the others, and he promises to come again. See, if we look throughout Jesus's story, we're left with those three questions. Is he mad? Is he bad? Or is he in fact God? In the face of the resurrection, we only have one choice, that he is in fact God, that he is who he says he is. Paul puts it like this in 1 Corinthians 15 verse 17. If Christ has not been raised to life, your faith is useless and you're still in your sin. Everything of the Christian life hangs on whether Jesus or not was raised to life again. Everything. It doesn't hang on the miracles. It doesn't hang on whether Jesus was a good or philosophical teacher. It doesn't hang on whether he was a political opponent or a religious leader. No, it all hangs on what we celebrate this morning, the resurrection. If Jesus is in fact who he says he is, it all depends on what we have read this morning. So what is that reality? What is the reality of Easter that we celebrate? Well, one is that he did in fact die and he was laid in a tomb. We see that the stone was rolled away. A big stone, a heavy stone that someone couldn't have moved from the inside. The Roman guard who were there didn't move it away. The seals were still there. They had put a guard there and they were frightened away by something. Romans are not frightened by anything. And here they have left, according to Mark's gospel. We see that there was no body in the tomb. That it seemed like he had risen again. The cloths, the, the linen cloths that his body was wrapped in were lying there. The strips of linen in one place and the shroud in another. The angels appearing. Two men in clothes that look like lightning, according to our reading, saying he's not here. He is risen. Remember what he said. He would suffer and rise again on the third day. That's the reality of what we see here in Luke's gospel, the reality of the empty tomb. All we have left is to believe. There's no other choice. 
we can come up with all these theories. Well, if, if Jesus's body was stolen by the Romans, all they would need to do is get the body out and say, look, guys, your faith is useless. Here is the dead body. But no, Jesus appeared. He appeared to the disciples, to the women at the tomb. He appeared to the 12. He appeared to 500 at one point. He ate, he drank, he was touched. This isn't a, a psychosomatic symptom of, of grief. No, this is the reality. <coughs> we only have one choice. See, their expectation was that he wouldn't be risen from the dead. That's why when the women went back to the 12 and said, look, he's alive, he's alive. It just didn't compute because their expectation was death. But Jesus's reality is life. Peter, the only one, got up immediately, according to Luke's gospel, and ran to the tomb. John's gospel uh, has Peter and John running to the tomb because they knew something was there that he was alive. They saw the empty tomb. But here the women believe first. Their expectation was that he is alive. Yes, they heard the angels talking to them, but he is alive. I wonder what our expectation is. Is it that we assume he's still dead and we celebrate a dead man? Or is it that he's alive and our faith can hold, be, be held by him? Like it's not useless because he is who he says he is. God raised to life again, seated at the right hand of the Father, praying for you and for me. Through him we do and see the same miraculous things that Jesus saw. That's the good news is that sin is defeated. Death is defeated. There is a new final word, and that Jesus is alive. So what next for us then? What next for us this Easter? Well, firstly, it's to believe that good news, that he is alive. Not just cerebrally or emotionally, but both. That he is alive in full bodily form. Another is to be baptized. If you haven't been baptized, let me know. We would love to dunk you because that's the next step. It's going, I die to myself. I want to be alive in Christ. The third is to tell others. We have sightings of the first evangelists here. The women who saw the empty tomb running to the disciples saying, he's alive. He's no longer here. And then, of course, it's turning our hearts to worship, that he is in fact God. Thomas, when he touched the scars, touch my hands, touch my side. Thomas says and proclaims out loud, my Lord and my God. As we're faced with all this evidence, we have the choice to make. He's alive. And we proclaim him as Lord and God. Why don't we pray?
Father, we have a choice to make. That either Jesus is alive or he isn't. Father, for each one of us, we pray that we might know the reality of the resurrection. That death is defeated. The grave has no power anymore. The finality of death is broken. Jesus, we believe that you died in our place, taking on the sin of the whole world. Taking it upon yourself, crucifying it to the cross but it not remaining there. Sin destroyed, new life in him. Jesus, would we make that choice today? As we're faced with Easter again, we've got a choice to make in our own lives. Do I believe it or don't I? And here's a moment if you want to say yes to him, if you want to say yes, I believe, why don't you just invite him in again? Going, Jesus, I believe you are who you say you are, that you died in my place, that you were raised to life on that first Easter, and we celebrate that today. Come into my life. I want to live according to your way. Whether we've done it for the first time or whether we do have done it for a hundred times, it doesn't matter. It's the same. Know his love for you today. Feel the spirit saying, yes, he is who he says he is. So, Father, as we go on from this point, from this moment, live a new life in you. Lord, Help us to look like Jesus today, tomorrow, and for the rest of eternity. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.